Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome back to the Big Football Show, the Athletics Daily Big Ten Football Podcast. This is Bill Landis. I cover Ohio State. Joined as I am every Tuesday by Audrey Snyder, our Penn State beat writer. Audrey, there's a little bit happening in the Big Ten at the moment. Conference is on fire, and we're here to bring you all the news. That, right? That's right. I think on fire would be Happy Tuesday. That would be a adequate uh, description of what is happening. Uh, just to run people through, I guess, where we're at right now, and I'm sure many people listening are well aware. Um, Ohio State is currently shut down, awaiting some testing results, hoping it can play this weekend. It just canceled its game against Illinois this past Saturday. It's hoping it can play Michigan State on Saturday, but we don't know where that stands just yet. Michigan on Monday announced that it was making its meetings virtual out of an abundance of caution after some presumptive positives within its own program. Uh, Minnesota is not playing this weekend for the second straight week. They have 47 uh, positive tests within their program at the moment. Um Indiana, which has not, not been ravaged by COVID, uh, did lose its starting quarterback, Michael Penix, for the year to a torn ACL. I think that's everything. Did I get everything? Penn State won a football game oh, yeah. over the Penn weekend, State Bill. Don't forget that. Penn State finally mm-hmm. won a game. Congratulations uh, to James Franklin and the Nittany Lions for winning at Michigan. Uh, no one's going to talk about it this week, but nice win for Penn State. Hey, if you do want to hear more about it, dear old state is out. We That's spent right. almost an hour talking about it. That's right. But yeah, what a wacky, wacky time for the Big Ten right now. I mean, Bill, I don't, where do we even begin? I guess, do we start with the Buckeyes? Yeah, I guess let's start with yeah. the Buckeyes. And the, the deal there is that uh, they started getting some positives last Wednesday. Um, continued in terms of In terms of... Tests or yes, in, in okay. an increased number of positive tests. Not good things. Not good things. Not good things. Yeah. An increased uh, number of positive COVID test results last mm-hmm. Wednesday. They kept practicing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. At, uh, as a Friday afternoon, they were intent on leaving Columbus at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning to fly to Champaign to play a game that was to kick off at 11 a.m. local time. Now, there were discussions to push that game back, I think, to help Ohio State out and get some more test results in, but then. The positive has just kept rolling in, so Ohio State made the decision, which I think is an important distinction. The Big Ten did not make the decision. Ohio State mm-hmm. made the decision to cancel that game against Illinois and shut down football activities, at least for a couple of days. They're in the midst of testing right now, and, and those results will determine whether or not they can get back to practice this week and play Michigan State. And everyone in Columbus is concerned at the moment that the Buckeyes, should they lose one more game due to cancellation, because they've lost two already, uh, they will not be eligible for the Big Ten championship, even though they are an undefeated division-leading team at the moment. Uh, I'm curious where you fall on that, Audrey. The Big Ten minimum requirement for Big Ten championship participation is six games. 
unless the average number of games played by everybody falls below six, which isn't going to happen. So right. you have to play at least six games to get into the Big Ten title game. And as it stands right now, Ohio State has to play all of its remaining games just to meet that threshold. What do you think of that rule? Well, I mean, keep in mind, everyone agreed to this rule back when just getting on the field was like this big victory after everyone was pounding the table, notably Ryan Day, notably Scott Frost, notably James Franklin, um, because they wanted to have this season. They Obviously, the whole point for the Big Ten uh, financially, of course, was to have the season, but it was also because you thought, we all thought, I still think, I'm sure you probably do too, that you have a legitimate national title contender in the Buckeyes and that they deserved this shot. Well, Bill, I mean, to me, it's the thing, I guess the thing, here's where I stand on it. Okay, so if Ohio State gets to week nine, which I have so many people, at least in my realm, my world, are forgetting about week nine because they're thinking, oh my God, Penn State's almost done. We've seen enough. But if Ohio State gets to week nine, uh, would not be eligible for the Big Ten title game, they still would have a game, right? So maybe you see a an Ohio State-Wisconsin second place game because the Badgers also aren't eligible, or they or Badgers are not eligible. Ohio State maybe would not be, depending how, how, how the next two weeks go. Um, to me, that's like the Big Ten title game that we all thought we were going to get, but maybe it's the second place game. And then would seven games be enough for the college football playoff committee to take a 7-0 and Ohio State? That, to me, is the big question. That's what we're probably going to spend the next few weeks talking about. Um, I, you know, I get it. Everyone agreed to these rules, but it just, to me – it kind of sounds like you agreed to something that you fully didn't understand. You know, it's one of those, I don't know, Bill, like we've all signed those papers where maybe you don't read the fine print. Well, yeah. Right. Like who does that? Um, that was me when I bought my house here in the past year. Yeah, sure. looks good. Here's my signature. I wonder if maybe that's a little bit of what, of what happened here, but um, you know, it's been such a bizarre year, unprecedented year, but I do wonder if seven games would be enough for the committee to, to say, yes, we feel good about putting Ohio State in the playoff. Uh, do you think seven's enough? I mean, I to me, this is where style points and flash and all that really, really matters. Uh, I will answer that question in a second, but as is the case with this entire college football season being played during a quarantine, the news comes fast and furious. So as you were talking, Oh boy, what do we got uh, from Ohio state uh, players who mm. are not quarantined or in isolation did return to the football athletic center today for small group workouts while meetings are still being conducted virtually. So that means Ohio state got some good news. I'm assuming on its latest round of testing doesn't mean that there's a green light for them to play against Michigan state on Saturday, but I think it's a step in the right direction for that game to happen. We'll see. Um, but to answer your question, uh, I do think seven games is enough. I think six games is enough. Um, and and I think in the end, it's, it's hard to say what they're going to do right now. Say the Michigan State game does happen. The Michigan State game happens and the Michigan game happens and they play that Big Ten championship weekend. You get three more games. I think Ohio State's good as long as it wins all those games. Um, say only two of those, those games happen. I think Ohio State's good if it wins both those games because you make a good point that that game on December 19th, whether it's the championship game or the, or the second place game, is going to be a good opponent. Uh, I think an opponent that that matters in the eyes of the playoff committee. Now, Ohio State has to handle business and look like a playoff team, but there's still plenty of opportunity there. So I, I, 
I think the rule is weird, and I'm not really sure why they put it in place in the first place, other than to avoid having like a 2-0 and team go to the Big Ten Championship. But we're past that now, so I don't know why you couldn't go back on it. But even if you don't, I don't think it's something to get crazy worked up about, unless you just think like the team that wins the division should have a chance to win the Big Ten Championship and host that trophy because they, they earned that right by going through the season, which I can get on board with. But in terms of the playoff, I honestly don't think it matters all that much, as long as Ohio State can get a couple more games under its belt and win. There's a nightmare scenario, I think, for Ohio State in which mm-hmm. Florida beats Alabama in the SEC championship game because I think Alabama yes. is in even with a loss. So in that scenario, Florida and Alabama are both in. And then it's like, okay, what happens with Clemson and Notre Dame? And if that's a close Clemson win, like does Notre Dame still get in with one loss? Like that, that scenario. And what about Cincinnati? I don't think Cincinnati's in. <laughs> I, like, I would you're love, not, I would love you're not fearful? No, I, I would love for it to happen. I, that would be great for the state of Ohio, wouldn't it? If Luke Fickle's team gets into the playoff and Ohio State doesn't, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I want you to live in chaos, Bill. That's what I'm rooting yeah, for. Yeah, I'm all for I'm, I'm more I'm all for more inclusivity with the playoff, but I don't think unless all four of those teams at the top like totally implode and start losing multiple games that, mm-hmm. that Cincinnati is going to get in. So Cincinnati wouldn't worry me. The only teams that would worry me if I'm Ohio State are, are Florida. And what happens with Clemson and Notre Dame if Florida beats Alabama? But that's I think that's the only thing that matters. If Ohio State can play a couple more games and win, I think they're in. Um, I, I guess, too, now you, you look at it and you always look at the way schedules set up. And I've looked at it a lot this year because of how Penn State started 0-2 with losses to Indiana and Ohio State. But now you look at an Indiana team without your guy, Michael Penix, uh, who's out for the year. And you say, you know what? I guess, Bill, hindsight – Good thing Ohio State played Indiana when they did, right? Because that helps boost your resume a little bit. Uh, that game, you know, 42-35 was not the prettiest game, was certainly not Justin Fields' best. But that's a little way where you can you can boost that resume. Um, you also beat Penn State when Pat Fryermuth was still on the field. So that, you know, th- that was probably as, as healthy as Penn State's been in a year where it's been ravaged by injuries. Um, so I think you can kind of look at it in that lens, too, and say, well, you know what? Hey, you took care of business against Indiana in a game that at the time we all knew was really big, but now takes on more significance because you look at the wacky, zany roller coaster ride of a season that Michigan State's been having, and then Michigan is – all kinds of bad. So, I mean, I understand rivalry games. Usually you can say, oh, throw all that out the window. But, no, this is a very bad Michigan football team. So, kudos to the Buckeyes for uh, unknowingly padding that resume when they did. Yeah, that's. I think that could end up being a, a big deal. By the way, uh, shout out to Michigan State for, for knocking off previously unbeaten and uh, potential playoff darling Northwestern mm-hmm. over the weekend. And also, shout out to Rutgers for a nice win over Purdue. Greg Shiano's got two wins this year. Which I don't think anybody saw coming. So so good for both those programs that are, are trying to build. I think those are two really important wins um, for two programs that just need to be able to go out recruit and, and sell what they're doing. And I think anytime you can get a win, that's huge, especially in Michigan State's case, to go out there and, and beat a team that was ranked number eight in the country. No matter what you thought of Northwestern and whether or not they were legitimately a top ten team, there was an eight next to their name and Michigan State beat them. So that's a big deal for them. Yeah, and don't forget about that Land Grant Trophy game, Bill. Two weeks, How could Beaver you? Stadium. How could you? That is that will be the sexiest game of the week. I'm sure we'll probably spend all next Tuesday discussing that. <laughs> uh, I have a uh, I have a scenario to lay out for you, and oh boy, this is maybe this means less now because Ohio State, I guess, has has good news and a little more hope that it's going to play this weekend. But let's assume for a second that Ohio State does not meet the threshold for competent for. Uh, 
a placement in the Big Ten championship game, meaning they mm-hmm. have one more game canceled. So they're ineligible. Indiana, which lost Michael Penix, as we said, loses its next two games uh, against Wisconsin and Purdue without its starting quarterback. Very plausible. And, and Yes, plausible. Not, I mean, Jack Tuttle, who's stepping in there, I think is a decent player, but certainly not implausible. And then Maryland, who's back at it now, uh, lost Indiana over the weekend, beats uh, Michigan and Rutgers to end the year and, and, it, and finishes 4-2 and two while Indiana is 5-3. and three. In that scenario, with Ohio State ineligible, Maryland would go to the Big Ten Championship. That's wild. That is wacky. That is, you know what, Bill? Ever since we publicly apologized to Maryland early on and said this was not going to be a show or a podcast about Maryland, it's now might be a show about Maryland. The Terps, that, the Terps are the Big Ten East's last hope to, to host that silver football <laughs> at the end of the year. You know, and I feel like, too, when people look back on this season 20, 30 years down the road, um, you know, should it play out where the Buckeyes, like we're saying, should it play out where they aren't eligible for the Big Ten title game but make it to the playoff, is anyone going to care that they didn't win the Big Ten? I mean, the other team, it's a little bit of a slight to them. But, hey, we've seen it before. Penn State won the Big Ten and did not get that push in 2016. Yeah. Uh, so, you know what? I Oh, it is what it is. Playing football in a pandemic was always going to be a mess. Uh, it's proving to be just that. But uh, that would be quite the feather in the cap for, for the Terps. It would be for the Terps. It would be if the uh, the Minnesota cancellation this weekend clinched the, the West for Northwestern, um, unless they changed the rule, which I don't, I don't think is going to happen. So Northwestern's going. But there was a scenario before today where it's like the Big Ten championship could have been like the two second place teams in the big in each division, which I guess is still technically possible. If Northwestern loses again and, and Wisconsin doesn't go because it didn't make, meet the requirement, then the first place teams will play in the second place game. And the second place teams will play for the Big Ten championship. And I'm just worried about covering that last place game. And, you know, that's to me, Bill, that's the one we all want to keep our eyes on. Yeah. Penn State versus uh, Illinois in uh, Joe Louis Arena in Detroit. Yeah, we still, and I think that's kind of one of the oddities about this year too. Ford Field, Bill, come on, you Ford, know that. Yeah, Ford Field, I knew that. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah, the ferocious Ford Field. Um, it's just the oddities of we still do not know. People have been asking these Week Nine games, where are they going to be played? How is it going to work um, for you know every other team that's that's matched up behind that Big Ten title game? We don't know, uh, and it is interesting too when you look at restrictions and travel limitations around the country uh the state of the the state of michigan right now uh is a lot different than it was you know even a month or two ago and penn state dealt with that this week where they couldn't even meet in the hotel they couldn't even have big meals uh in the hotel because of the laws preventing congregating and those types of things so again it could be very weird to see where some of these games are played if they are not uh, in some of these these college towns, which, hey, Bill, um, I don't know. I'm looking out my window in State College, and it's super gray on this Monday afternoon. Uh, winter is basically here in the Big Ten, so good luck trying to travel to some of these places in the next few weeks. Yeah, we're supposed to get four inches of snow here in Columbus. It's, it's currently coming down outside, wow. outside my window now. So, yeah, it's here. I, I think that's something that will get taken into consideration. You make a good point about Michigan because I, I that was – you know, Indianapolis is obvious, but if you were looking for a second city, I think I would think Detroit by default. But if there are 
issues there where teams can't meet in Michigan. Certainly the Big Ten wouldn't well, – at least I would hope the Big Ten wouldn't put its teams in that position, but who knows what some of the Well, I mean, Penn year. State, what, what they did was they held their meetings in State College, left later in the day, uh, flew out to Detroit on Friday, like early evening, got in, picked up their boxed meals, had dinner in their rooms, and then they were supposed to have Zoom meetings, but the hotel Wi-Fi didn't work. Mm. So they couldn't even do that. Uh, then same thing, it was boxed breakfasts uh, in a way to the, to the venues they went. But it's just one of those bizarre things that teams have to be prepared for because we don't know right now um, what week nine is going to look like. Heck, we don't even know, you know, the way this thing's going, who's going to still be, you know, able to play and pass, you know, who's going to be healthy in terms of a COVID outbreak uh, at that point. So a lot of football still to be played. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's heating up and it's bizarre because we're past Thanksgiving and you still got three games left. Yeah, it's really strange. And, and trying to trying to project ahead, like what you think is going to happen is, is a fool's errand and impossible mm-hmm. at this point because you just don't know what it's going to look like. But I do want to circle back, I guess maybe for a couple final points on Ohio State. I'm, I'm just interested in what you think of this. M- myself and, and Ari Wasserman discussed this on 4 to 6 with a Yes, my best friend, Ari yeah. Wasserman. Mm-hmm. Um, on our Ohio State podcast, four to six with A and B, and I, I wonder a little bit if there's enough body of work for Ohio State. Like clearly, they put them at four. The committee put Ohio State at four, having played only four games. So they like Ohio State, and I think they like what Ohio State's like sort of peak version of, of itself would be. But they've only played really one team of note in, in Indiana. It, maybe they play this week against Michigan State. Maybe they don't. But like Michigan State is not a measuring stick kind of opponent. No. And even at this point, Michigan's not either. Even if that game were to happen, there's definitely a, not. There's really no. only one other game I think that would matter much in terms of Ohio State's performance, and that's whoever they play on the 19th, whether it's the Big Ten Championship or or the second place game. Um, let's let's pretend for a second that Ohio State's not eligible for the Big Ten Championship, and one of these games mm-hmm. does get canceled. Do you think there's enough body of work there for the committee to believe in a fully realized Ohio State as one of the four best teams in the country? Or could they be hurt by the fact that there just wasn't enough videotape of them or whatever out there of Ohio State playing against good competition to know exactly what they are? You know, it's tough, Bill. And this is where, back to my point earlier about style points and them beating the brakes off of people that we haven't necessarily seen them do this year. Um, You know, Yes, Indiana, they are what they are. It's top 10 team. Um, it was a game that was closer than it should have been. I think these are things that maybe give the committee a little bit of pause. Um, I wouldn't have that pause, but maybe, maybe that's also my recency bias, right, in seeing the Buckeyes so many times, uh, seeing what they're capable of, seeing Justin Fields. Although now I think also recency bias with Fields doesn't work in his favor after the way he, he looked uh, against Indiana. But um, this is where we just don't know how the committee takes this because we've never seen them go through a situation like this. And this is going to be a really drastic stretch here. But, you know, for all the people who pound the table about wanting to expand the playoff, um, this would have been the year to do it just because you have so many things like this where you say, okay, yeah, you go to eight, no doubt Ohio State's in. Um, I still would give him the nod with four, Bill, but who then do you give the boot to, I guess, is the – that's that's the question. Um, it's I, – I don't know what you're doing if you're the committee, how you try to navigate this season. Um, 
I don't know, Bill, maybe this is why it was so imperative for the committee to meet in person to try and mm. figure these things out. Yeah, it had nothing to do know. with hotel rewards points and staying at a really nice hotel for a couple of days. Nothing at all, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think that that question, does Ohio State have enough body of work, really only comes into play if that scenario I laid out before happens with Florida beating Alabama Florida. Yeah. And, and Notre Dame and Clemson like playing a game down to the wire where you truly can't tell which one of those teams is better. Uh, but short of that, I don't think it matters. I think if Ohio, like we said at the top, if, if Ohio State gets six games under its belt and wins them all, and and I guess it wouldn't hurt if it looked impressive. But the other thing about that that that's at play here is, you know, even let's they might play this week. It looks like they're going to play this week, which I don't know if I would have believed that you know two days ago. But mm-hmm. the next time they get on the field, due to one the positive test and and two the quarantining that gets involved if you're deemed a close contact. You're out 21 days if you test positive, and you have to quarantine, I believe, for 14 days if you're a close contact. Um, whatever team Ohio State puts out there next time is not going to be the Ohio State we know. Now, I don't, I don't know who all is positive, um, right. and I wouldn't say who is out of out of respect for for the players um, and, and the coaching staff, but they're going to be missing some guys, and I don't, I don't think what Ohio State does with a depleted roster matters all that much as long as they win. But it's going to be really hard, I think, for them to impress people in the kind of way we're talking about until they get their their full team back. Yeah, and that's, you know, to take this a step further, I don't know what happens, Bill, if, say, you get to the Big Ten title week and in our hypothetical minds, right, say Ohio State isn't eligible because they didn't play enough games. uh, What if there is an outbreak and that team, you know, in the title game can't play? Like, what happens? I don't know. I have no idea. I have no yeah, idea. I mean, I mean, what happens if we're you know waiting on the college football playoff and one of those four teams has an outbreak? Um, I think the playoff uh, will push if that happens. I think the playoff yeah, will push, but I, don't they, think I mean, they, they should. The Big Ten won't. Yeah, and again, like this, this goes back to the whole uh, the theory and, and the whole idea of building this schedule with so few opportunities to make up these games because of starting when they did. Um, I don't know, Bill, maybe you could go back to the argument of which everyone's made seemingly. Why didn't you just keep the first schedule that you had? Yeah. Right. They wanted the, you know, the rapid testing, daily testing, all those things. Um, But yeah, this, I mean, they are certainly in a bind. And I think too, it's important to look at, the locations of these teams because Columbus, I believe right now is one of like the hottest hot spots, right? Like yeah. it's not, the County is really bad. Um, yeah. It's among the worst in, in the state of Ohio. And I don't know how it stacks up nationally, but we have a color coded mm-hmm. system here in purple is the worst you can be. And, and Franklin County is purple at the moment. Um, so it's not good. Yes. And I think, and that's what Gene Smith and the team doctor talked about that when we did a zoom call with them on, on Saturday about, about how this happened. They said, there's no pattern. There's no one position group that's been impacted the most. And they kept falling back on the idea that that Columbus itself is, is pretty bad right now. So it's bad everywhere. It's hard for everybody to manage this. So it's, it's a factor in all these, all these breakouts and upticks and positives that are happening across college football. Um, it's just that the big 10 has some different rules in place and, you know, uh, you can agree with them. You cannot agree with them. They certainly didn't give themselves any leeway. There was a whole lot of, of hubris, I think, involved in the idea that you could play nine games in nine weeks because you had a better yeah. testing program than everybody else. Like, you clearly didn't. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. so I don't know. Legends and leaders, baby. Legends yeah, and leaders. There's been – I don't – there's no way to do this well. Um, mm-hmm. But the Big Ten, I think, has certainly done this poorly. <laughs> um 
But yeah. the end result could still be that we actually see the first place teams from each division play each other in a Big Ten championship. That's still on the table, um, but it's certainly not guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I feel like at this point, if you're putting a confidence level on any of this, um, you, you just can't project anything right now. I mean, it's even looking like a week at a time ahead. You're even kind of like, ah, eh, well, will this even happen? Because you you just don't know, and it's. Again, like we said, trying to play this season was going to be difficult no matter how you spliced it, whether you gave yourself time to make up games or you didn't. Um, the Big Ten backed itself into this corner by doing what it did, and it's trying to figure it out now, Bill, but I think everybody just has to uh, hold their breath here for the next few weeks, and we'll see. Yeah, hold your breath and we'll see. Big Ten football. Hold your breath and wash your hands. Yeah, yeah hold right. your breath, wash that's your right. hands. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens with Ohio State. We'll see what happens with Michigan. Um, again, this thing change, these things change quickly. So by the time you're listening to this, on two, it could be Tuesday afternoon and we could, we could know more. But uh, this is sort of where we stand right now. Ohio State is doing some stuff. Could practice later this week. Might play. Still waiting to hear on Michigan. Indiana lost its quarterback. And there's a scenario play for Maryland to go to the Big Ten Championship. Yep, yep, yep. And as you say this, Bill, Penn State is getting ready for their victory Monday dinner. Oh, wow. What's on the menu? I, they, they didn't say, and I guess they wouldn't know because they haven't had one before this year. So <laughs> I, uh, I I was unsure. But I, whatever they're serving, I know James Franklin said it's going to be the most delicious meal he's ever tasted. Some players said they wanted to have four plates worth and take two more home. So I don't know. A little margarita's pizza maybe? It could be. that. I mean, nah, probably, probably not, though. Probably some, like, I don't know, probably like steak or something. Something a little more more manly, right? Some steak and, I don't know, potatoes. What, what do you guys eat, Bill? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I eat, I eat margarita's pizza. Low-key, one of the best pizza yeah. joints in all the Big Ten. Yeah, well, I, I'll, I'll be missing out on the Piscataway Pizza Tour this week uh, with Penn State's Rutgers game. So Huge I game. A couple teams on a winning streak, Penn State and Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Big game. Yep. Big game. Well, we can talk all about it next week. That's right. Well, I'm sure we'll have nothing else to talk about with the way the Big Ten's trending right now. Um, <laughs> so we'll look, look forward to a big Penn State Rutgers recap uh, next Tuesday when Audrey and I get back together for the Big Football Show. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you keep it tuned in to the Big Football Show the rest of the week as the Big Ten world keeps turning. Uh, if you like what you heard, please go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star review. We greatly appreciate it. And one quick reminder. Before we sign off, uh, The Athletic is still offering its best deal of the year. If you go to theathletic.com slash big, B-I-G, you can get one, The Athletic subscription for $1 per month for 12 months. 12 bucks a year for one year. Theathletic.com slash big. Go sign up. Go read all of our stories. And Audrey and I will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>